We've been all month talking about the idea of bouncing back, building resilience into your life. And our theme verse is from Micah chapter 7, verse 8. I invite you to read this with me. Fill this place with the word of God. Let it be your declaration today. Everyone say it with me. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Can we read that one more time together? Amen. I love that verse. Say it again. Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. One more time. Let's give God praise for his word. Thank you, Father. During the week, there's a lot of negativity spoken over our lives. And when we come to church, well, I like to speak words of faith over each other. So how about if before you're seated, look at, at someone on your right or on your left and just tell them, you will bounce back. Go ahead and do that. You will bounce back. You will. You will bounce back. You will bounce back. Own that. Boy, that's the word of the Lord for you today. You will bounce back. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Amen. Uh, You know, this last week, I I turned uh, 60 years old. And it's hard to believe. And I I just want to pause for a moment and say thank you to the cathedral family. Thank you for the notes and the gifts and the cards and the cathedral family is the most loving church family in the entire, uh, anywhere. And I, I just want to give it up for you. Can we give it up for the cathedral family? What an amazing church family we have. Thank you for making it by, by far my best birthday ever. And I, I got some, some of those cards right up here. One from our Milpitas campus reads this way. It says, You may be another year older, but compared to some people in the Bible, you're just a kid. (laughs) Who knows? You may still have another 800 good years left in you. I like that one. Now, here's one from my brother. I love my brother. It's, It's with Snoopy with those sunglasses on. And inside, it reads this way. It says, you're not old. You're just old school, right? I like that. That sums me up. My brother knows me. And, and then I, I, I brought this. This was from my wife. This one says, you are sexier than ever. And then inside it reads, I can't read this. This is a family service. I can't read what's inside that card. So now this week, I also received one of these. Have you ever seen the commercial, I've fallen and I can't get up? (laughs) It's a life alert button. I guess my family and our staff wants to make sure I have this with me all the time now that I'm 60. And you know how it works. You put it on and if you fall, you hit the button And when you hit the button, well, it calls for help, right? 
And I was thinking, what if we all had these buttons? And when we've fallen and we can't get up, we hit that button and we ask for help, the help of God. And that God comes to us where we're at, lifts us up, gets us back on our feet again. Can we give God praise? Though I fall, I will rise. Amen. I will bounce back. And we've looked at this month, different bounce back stories in the Bible. We've looked at uh, the story of Peter and the story of Joseph and the story of Moses, different kinds of bounce backs. Today, I want to talk to you about a man in the Bible. He was a musician. He was also a king. In fact, the Bible describes him this way, that he was a man after God's own heart. There's a man in the Bible by the name of David, and David tumbles all the way down from the top. How do you bounce back when you tumble from the top? Follow me on the journey of David. How did David end up being way down there? It all starts with what I call a bad case of boredom. I found this one picture, and the caption was called Boredom, and it seems like the picture sums it up pretty well. Can you see that? That's the look of boredom. (laughs) Sometimes this is what I see when I'm preaching, that I'm just boring people to tears. But I wonder if this is how David looked in his heart. The Bible says this about David's stage of life. It says, in the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Typically, David would be out there leading the army. But he's bored with that. This time he stays home in the palace looking for something to do, trying to break out of the boredom. He's hit midlife. He's almost 50. Lines starting to show up on the face. Hair starting to have some gray in it. Someone said, you know you're getting older when your back goes out more than you do. (laughs) David is in midlife boredom. And over the years, I've been pastor. I've talked to a lot of guys who hit midlife. And that's exactly what happens They get bored. They get bored with their career or they get bored with their church. Not this church, but it happens in other churches. (laughs) 
Some get bored with their marriage. Some get bored with their life. They hit that midlife boredom, and it's not just guys that do this. I, 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 back in seminary, I was assigned uh, to go and watch a film and write a paper on the film. The film was called The Bridges of Madison County. It starred Meryl Streep and Clint Eastwood. And the film was about a housewife who was drowning in her boredom, drowning in her routine, taking care of the kids, taking care of the husband, taking care of the house. And she has an affair just to try to break out of the boredom and find some excitement. And I wonder how much, how much of our sin is really an attempt to break out of the boredom and create some excitement in our lives. And that's why one of the best things you can do if this weekend you'd say, wow, can I look a little bit like that guy right there on the inside of me? One of the best things you can do is hit that button and ask for God's help because God is the one who can restore your joy. God is the one who can renew your passion. Amen. God wants you to find your joy. One of the best ways to prevent tumbling from the top is to cultivate true joy in your life, real joy in your life. Look at what Jesus says about joy. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Cultivate joy in your life because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Let's give God praise for his joy, amen. <laughs> Cultivate joy. I will bounce back. Say it with me. I will bounce back. Now, David, you're all the way at the top. How do you go from here down to here? Well, it starts with a bad case of boredom. Uh, David set up, wow, for this temptation. Next, instead of racing away from temptation, he races toward temptation. The Bible says while he's hanging out in the palace, Late one afternoon after his midday nap, David gets out of bed, walks onto the roof of the palace, and as he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Uh-oh. I heard about this one pastor who was with his family, and they're down by the beach, and there are a couple young ladies in one of those, you know, those thong bikinis come walking by and the pastor says to his wife he says that's disgusting and the wife says if you're disgusted why did you look <laughs> and the 12 year old son said I think dad just likes being disgusted <laughs> leave it to the pastor's son David walks out onto the palace roof and whoa, right over here, there's a beautiful woman taking a bath. 
He just walked out and he saw it. And then David, he hit the accelerator. Instead of hitting the brakes, he hits the accelerator. Everyone knows what this is right here. This is a stoplight. And when the light is green, it means what? Let me try it again. When the light is green, it means what? When the light's yellow, it means what? (laughs) Go, caution. When the light is red, it means what? Stop. Stop. Say it again. Stop. David sees Bathsheba. There was nothing he could do about that. But he could have turned around and walked away. Instead of hitting the brakes, even though there's a red light, he hits the accelerator. And the Bible says he sends someone to find out who she is. Who is she? And what he finds out is she's married, number one. She's married to a military officer, number two. A guy who's a loyal officer to him. There's another stop sign, David. Hit the brakes. Turn around. But instead of hitting the brakes, he hits the accelerator. And the Bible continues by saying David sent messengers to get her, and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. He saw, he sent, and then he slept. He ignored the stop signs. Next time you find yourself in a place of temptation, you weren't planning on it, it just showed up. Pay attention to the stoplight. When you hear that voice on the inside of you, when you feel a check in your spirit, hit the button and ask God for help. The Bible says, God is faithful. Say that with me. God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And when you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. Let's give God praise. Amen. When you see that red light, hit the brakes. Don't hit the accelerator. Hit the brakes. Turn that car around as fast as you can. Don't back away. Don't walk away. The Bible says, run. Say that with me. Run. Say it again. Run. Say it one more time. Run. Say it one more time. Run, Forrest. Run. Get away from that temptation as fast as you can. David, how did you end up going from being way up on top and tumbling way down here. Starts with a bad case of boredom and then he blows right through that traffic light. And then, wow, he covers up the mess. 
He takes a bad situation and makes it even worse. Bathsheba sends this message to David. She says, I'm pregnant. Uh-oh. David wasn't counting on that. What's he going to do? She's married. Her husband is in the military. One of his most loyal officers. What he has on his hands is a complicated mess. Here's what I've noticed at our house. We have two grandkids, and sometimes they make a big mess. And when you have a big mess, you can do one of two things. You can grab a mop, and you can clean it up. Or you can grab a sheet and just cover it up. And when it comes to the messes that we make, years ago, some of you weren't even born when this happened, there was something called Watergate in our country. It was a scandal. The president did something wrong, and what he did was wrong, but he took a bad situation and made it much worse by trying to cover up. If he would have just admitted he had done, done what was wrong and apologized for what he had done, boy, things would have gone a lot better for him, but instead he tried to cover it up, took a bad situation, made it worse, and he ended up losing his presidency because of it. When I, when I have a big mess on my hands, am I going to clean it up? I'm going to cover it up. Now there's a part of me that, that wants to cover it up. I heard about these boys, these four teenage boys. They got to school late one day and they told the teacher that they had a flat tire. That's why they were late. So the teacher said, no problem. You missed a quiz, but just come back at lunch and we'll take care of it. So they come back at lunch and the teacher gives them the quiz, and the quiz has one question on it, and the question is this, which tire was flat? <laughs> See, at first, covering up is the initial reaction, but then we come to the wisdom of the Bible. And the Bible says, when you have made a mess in your life, don't cover it up. Hit the button. Bring it to God and ask God to clean it up. That is the way. That's the way forward. The Bible says this in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. It says, if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful. Say that with me. He is faithful. Say it again. He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. And it feels so good to be clean. All God's people said, amen. It feels so good to be clean. If you have made a mess in your life, instead of covering it up, 
bring it to God and allow God to clean it up. Now, what would David do? Well, David took a bad situation, made it even worse, and decides to cover it up. So he invites the military officer to come to the palace. And when he does, he tells him, look, you've been working hard out on the battlefield. Go ahead and spend some time with your wife. But the, the man says, I can't go and enjoy time with my wife my, while my buddies are out in the battlefield. So a few days later, David invites him back in. They have a few drinks together. And now he's got them all lubed up. And he says, okay, hey, go and have some time with your wife. You deserve it. But again, this guy, even when he's drunk, he says, no, I can't do that. My buddies are out on the battlefield. I just can't do that. And so finally, David sends him back to the battlefield and he tells the commander, he says, look, you put him at the front line and then you draw all the troops back away from him and make sure he gets killed in the process. And when the news of the man's death is brought to David, David said to the one who brought the news, don't let this upset you. The sword devours one as well as another. Whoa. Talk about cold and calloused. David, what happened, man? You're a man after God's own heart. How did you go from way up here to way down here? That's about as low as you can go. But the good news of the gospel is this. Even when you are at rock bottom, you're never too low for the grace of God to reach you. God's grace will reach out to you. Look at how much David is loved by God. Instead of God letting David stay in the pit, God sends a friend to meet David. And that friend has a heart-to-heart with David. And after the heart-to-heart, David realizes just how low he is gone. And he hits the button. And he asks for the grace and the mercy of God. We read part of what David says in Psalm 51. David's prayer goes like this. Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt and purify me from my sin. You know what that is? That is what you call a bounce back prayer right there. Amen. That's a bounce back prayer. And if this weekend when you came to church, you say, Ken, I am just so low. You cannot believe I've done this or I've done that. Well, I am just so low. I have hit rock bottom. The good news of the gospel is that you're never too low, that the grace of God cannot reach you. Bring your sin to God today. Amen? And what God does with your sin 
It's fascinating. Sin does mark our lives. It has an effect on me and those around me. But when you bring your sin to God, it doesn't have the final mark on your life. What God does is he takes that line and continues drawing and creates a whole new picture out of that mark. That's what happened with David and Bathsheba. Follow this. Their sin marked their lives. It really did. But it was not the final mark on their lives because God kept drawing and created a whole different picture. One day, David and Bathsheba, they would have a son by the name of Solomon. And Solomon would have a son, and his son would have a son, and then his son would have a son. And then that son would have a son, and that son would have a son. And one day, Joseph would marry a lady by the name of Mary... And can you believe this? The birth of the Savior into the world. He was born into a family that was created by the failure of David and Bathsheba. And if God can take that kind of mess... ...and create... That kind of music. That's what makes God's grace so amazing. He can take my brokenness and bring something beautiful out of it. He can take, oh, he can take my mess and create music out of it. The amazing grace of God. Can we give God praise for his amazing, amazing grace? In fact... Well, I was thinking, it's a little bit like this guitar. Isn't this cool? There is a guy in the Bay Area, and what he does is he takes trash, and he turns it into guitars. And you can see he took an old can. It looks like an old can of pork and beans, all dented, rusty. And he turned it into an instrument that makes beautiful music and I was thinking isn't that what God does God takes our trash and turns it into treasure God takes our mess and creates music out of it God takes our brokenness and brings something beautiful out of it this is the good news of the gospel this is why we can stand here to say, today and say, by the grace of God, I will bounce back because his grace is truly amazing. It really is. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me I once was lost 
But now I'm found Was blind But now I see The amazing grace of God. Hallelujah! Amen. I will bounce back. Say it with me. I will bounce back. I'm going to invite Sheila to come on out and share a little bit of her bounce back story. Would you welcome back Sheila E. Sheila, again, thanks so much. It's such a joy to have you with us, Thank and it's, so it's been a great weekend. And I, sometimes, Sheila, I know people uh, see folks from a distance, and they see the success you have, and, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes they wonder, well, have you ever had any setbacks? They feel like it's just, you know, everything's up and to the right. And, and instead, though, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about your journey. Ooh, Okay. I don't think there's enough time to tell you how many setbacks I've had. Anyone here have a setback? Yes. Those of you who are not raising your hands, shame on you. You know you've had <laughs> You know a- you've had a setback. No. <laughs> Listen, you got you live life, you live in your life, you're going to have setbacks. That's, you know, life is about that, but it's getting out of that setback into your comeback to bounce back, right? Amen. Yes. Um I've had many financially, tons. The one financial one I had, um, I was on tour for over a year, straight. I came back home and the accountant says, uh, by the way, you owe $990,000. $990,000. Yeah, that's basically a million dollars. Yeah, and you had been traveling and working every day. Every day for over a year. I didn't even make a million dollars on the tour. How was I going to pay that back? Wow. I was devastated. And I just, you know, God, how are you going to help me get out of this? Because there's no way. I don't even know where to get a million dollars. How am I going to pay this back? And I asked God and I prayed. I was like, God, please help me to get out of this. What should I do? And I want to serve you and I want to do the right thing. I, I don't know what happened. Like, I, did I lose my way? And, you know, just I just started praying and God just started opening doors for me, you know, when I submitted to him to say, I'm, I'm not in control, I don't know what to do. Um, he started opening doors, which led to opportunities, to other things that I would have never dreamt of doing, like standing here and speaking with you, you know, to be able to share my story, you know, I never knew that I could do that, and that people would listen and found out that I was one of all having problems financially or physically or mentally or spiritually, you know. We all go through things. We all have a story to tell. And God had showed me, you know, there's ways to get through it. There's scripture. And if you just depend on me, I will help you because I will provide for you. He is our provider. Well, I really feel, Sheila, that's I really feel that speaking to somebody right now that just they're, they're in a, a financial challenging time and to, to be encouraged today, God's going to give you resilience. Absolutely. You will bounce back. Yeah, you will bounce back. And, Absolutely. And Sheila, I know uh, in, in prepping for this weekend, you came up with these great phrases that, <laughs> that I, 
I wish I'd have had these when I started preaching uh, this series. No, not even. Uh, they're so good. <laughs> oh, uh, can, can you just share a few of those with us, the things that you wrote down? Absolutely. Um, so, and Pastor Ken explained it to me about bouncing back and coming back from setbacks. You know, I just said, okay, God, just use me. I'm your vessel. What do you want me to say to the people? And he said, on your comeback, preparing for your comeback, the way to come back is to heal, which is to release things that you're carrying, you know, to heal, to build your strength, to get better, to bounce back, to get up, to make progress moving forward towards your comeback. Uh, some people say, I have a new lease on life, you know. Um, I'm and you can say it differently by not saying I, I've been in, in this setback and I'm, you know, whatever. Say that you're recovering from your setback. Amen. Change the way that you say it and look at it. I'm recovering from my setback as I stand in my comeback. Amen. I took a turn for the better from my setback as I strengthen my comeback. Come on, somebody. I'm just yeah. <laughs> That's good. I developed character. That's right. Come on, somebody. I developed character from my setback to prepare me for my comeback, right? The devil took me out back. The enemy took me many times. He took me out back so I could stand in the setback. He had a hold on me. He wanted me to stay in the mess that I was in. But his plan attack provided my divine comeback. That's awesome. Yeah. That's powerful. It's amazing what God can do if you just, you can talk to him like we're talking now. It's a conversation. It's a personal relationship with him. It is, and it's amazing. He has changed my life. I'm standing here as a witness. Physically, I went through stuff. My lung collapsed. My legs gave out. Gave out. I was partially paralyzed for two weeks. Four doctors, and four months later, I was able to walk one block, a complete block. Four months later, I never gave up because God, I said, can you please? I took the Bible, and I looked at it. I said, please help me to get through this. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to turn to. Well, I'm going to turn to you. You are my last resort. Had no idea I could go to him and have this conversation with him to say, help me to get out of this setback because I know you have a purpose in my life. I want to step into the purpose. How do I do that? I'm going to talk to you. Mm. And as I sit quiet and still and listen to your voice, he strengthened me. He built me. He said there's things that you need to change. There's people you have to apologize to. Just that simple, apologize. I'm sorry, I didn't know, I'm sorry. That's walking into things in the setback because you're in stuff. Let all that go and step into the encouragement that God gives you. Oh, that's, a, that's a great word, Sheila. That's a great word. Sheila, there, there's a, a powerful passage in your book um, that, that again, you've got great resources in the back. That, that, that book is, is uh, it's a great book, and there's a powerful passage in it. 
about an experience you had and, and share that. That's Yeah, um, again, when you ask God to, you know, strengthen you, build you up, he also takes you out of comfort and yeah. puts you in situations where you're not comfortable at all, like standing here and talking with you. <laughs> no, but I was ready for this. I, I, I receive everything that he gives me. I receive everything. Amen. I Amen. go wherever he says Amen. to go. But in Bible study, uh, they said, Sheila, it's your turn to, to teach Bible study. I've never taught Bible study. I don't even know what that means. What am I supposed to say? Am I supposed to dress a certain way? Am I supposed to speak a certain way? I don't know all the scriptures. I don't even, I, I was freaking out. And I just, my friend said, look, just write some stuff down and just clear your mind. And so I did. I started writing things that I didn't even know I was holding inside just to, I wanted to cleanse myself. Just, God, just move me out of the way so you can do what you need to do. So as I wrote, I stopped and I read back. I cried for three days straight. The simple preparation for Bible study manifested into the unveiling of inner pain I'd suffered throughout my lifetime. I couldn't speak. I couldn't eat. I felt as if I was going through a war. All I needed to do was get all of this out. For almost four decades, I buried all of that emotion inside. Music has been my only outlet, and it had served me well. Giving my heart to the Lord and surrendering to Him was my saving grace. I went through a kind of a rebirth. It was agonizing, it was an agonizing process. And it was because I held on to things for so long and it changed who I was. But God knows, he knew what he needed to do for me. And as I got closer and seeked his word, things started peeling off of me like an onion. Things started peeling off of me like guilt, shame, disgust, ego, jealous, hate, anger. It continued to move. These are things that are not of God. He had to cleanse me. And as I did that, from a 35-year-old cocoon of sorrow was a beautiful butterfly. I finally saw myself as a beautiful, vibrant creature of light. I knew then that my life had a new purpose, and that was to be the light in a dark place and to serve. Amen. What a, what a great... That's what it looks like right there to bounce back. Amen. To be resilient. I, I want to... Sheila and I want to pray with you as the team gets ready for this final number. Will you bow your heads with me for just a moment? If you'd say, hey, hey Ken, Sheila, I'm, boy, I'm facing some kind of setback in my life. You know, there's all kinds of setbacks. You know, there's relationships. There's financial setbacks, setbacks in your career. Emotional setbacks. You've just been crushed emotionally. You know, setbacks in your health in every way. You'd say, I, I've had a setback, but by the grace of God, I'm believing I will bounce back. 
Sheila and I want to pray with you and pray for you. And if, if you, you would agree with us today that you are on your way back by the grace of God, just lift up your hand real high, real high, and just say, Pastor Ken, that's me. Sheila, that's me. I will bounce back. I will. Making that faith declaration today. Sheila, would you, would you lead us in prayer? Father God, thank you for these amazing, beautiful, yes. incredible, awesome people here today, Father God. Thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak and share our lives, our story, the truth, God, oh. music, ministry, love, purpose. Yes. Thank you for your grace and your mercy on our lives, Father God. Thank you for another chance. Thank you for another day. Yes. Thank you for bringing these people here today, Father, to step into their comeback as they bounce back, Father God, as they live their fullest life, Father, for you. Because through love, we can change all things. It changes the atmosphere. If we truly know what love is, it's unconditional. Mm. You love us unconditional, Father. Yes. And we just appreciate everything that you're doing in our lives. So thank you for this opportunity to be able to stand here and witness these people, every single person in this house today, to give their heart to you and step into their comeback. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's give God praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, everybody stand with me, please. I will bounce back. Say it with me. I will bounce back. Well, Sheila and the team are going to come sing a bounce back kind of song. That God is with us and if God is for us, it doesn't matter who or what is against us. Amen? Amen. And so are you ready to celebrate? Let me ask you again. Are you ready to celebrate? All right, Sheila, lead us. Here we go. Yeah.
time. Everybody just hang with me. What an awesome, awesome weekend. What a blessing, Sheila. We love you. Oh, boy. 